With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you start at ExpressPros.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Greetings and welcome inside the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Doug and the crew today as we get set for a, a day that hopefully brings better and more well-officiated basketball games than we had a day ago. I'm not complaining about the, the, the outcomes and the craziness, Mike Harmon, but my goodness, if we, if we get those soft touch fouls like we saw yesterday in the Heat and the Bucks, and you got Chris Paul going crazy over Scott Foster, I mean, the rest of these NBA playoffs are going to be anarchy. Well, basically, you, you're just uh, admitting that everything you did wrong in the 80s, 90s, etc., you officiated it incorrectly in the playoffs and that you shouldn't have let them beat the hell out of each other. Everything should have been a foul. Everybody should have been going to the line. Well, we had 71 free throws 
uh, in, in one of the games yesterday. I mean, just ridiculous. Jump shooters fouled left and right. The controversy at the end. Absolute chaos. By the way, they were able to go to war like they were offensive and defensive linemen down in the low post. That was fine. But if you touched a jump shooter, shame on you. You got the, the whistle of shame. Uh, it'll be better. But, you know, you woke up with more chaos as well. So uh, all things going around in this sporting universe. Uh, happy to be in with you. Well, hey, listen, listen. There's, there's just, I want to go back to something you said at the very beginning. There's yeah. things that, that, were, that were okay in the 80s and 90s, things that I did in the 80s and 90s that clearly would be frowned upon today. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to sit back and go through anything that happened in the 80s and 90s, you know, stealing a mailbox or anything, but that would be frowned <laughs> upon today in, 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 the real wor- you know, in the real world. There's changes that have happened, and you know, certain things I've done. Not proud of, but, uh, you know, hey, it's, it's part, of, part of the roadmap of your life and who you are. Why did you try to talk like you were kind of like P.O.B.? I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> but hey. <laughs> look at it, look at it, look at it, look at it. I'm here, I'm Pat O'Brien, here I am. Uh, so we'll get to all the big news in the NBA coming up in a few minutes because the one guy that needs to stay away from social media for the next 24 hours is clearly Giannis because, oh my goodness, is he getting pounded. Uh, we'll get to him coming up in a bit, but a big story out of college football has broken today, and now you're getting a bit of a look into why the Big Ten and the Pac-12 postponed playing this fall and are going to try again in the spring. Uh, according to Penn State, they put out a, a story today that around one-third of the athletes in the Big Ten who have tested positive for COVID-19 appear to have myocarditis. This according to Penn State's Director of Athletic Medicine, Wayne Sebastianelli. So again, one-third of the Big Ten athletes who tested positive for COVID-19 appear to have myocarditis. Now, what is myocarditis? It's what you've heard about in the background of the COVID-19 story, but we haven't really it hasn't really come to the forefront yet because we've been focused on you get COVID-19, you're sick for a while, okay, then you get better, right? We're focused on if you know how to not get it, then you get if you do get it, and then how you get better and what you can do to get better. But now the effects of getting COVID-19 are starting to be known, and this is something that Penn State put out to day and myocarditis is an inflammation of the heart muscle that reduces the heart's ability to pump blood and it can be fatal if it's not addressed Uh, according to the Mayo Clinic uh, the Mayo Clinic it's the third leading cause of sudden death in young people so myocarditis is a pretty big deal and here's Penn State saying you know listen uh, you know 30% of the people had COVID-19 had this and if it's not taken care of this could really exacerbate and become a terrible condition again it's Wayne Sebastianelli and here's his comments on it from earlier today. Let's take a listen. What has been seen across some of the schools is that some of the athletes infected haven't really recovered their full pulmonary function. And, and sort of they, it just, they just don't train as hard as they normally can. They, their tolerance has decreased. And, and, and so whether that's heart-related or lung-related, we really don't know yet. And it is just another variable of change of performance that has to be reevaluated over time. Now, what heart muscle inflammation can do if, it's, if it becomes a real serious problem, it could lead to uh, conduction uh, delays or the electric, electrical signals across the heart muscle could be uh, altered. So it could lead to either a fast rhythm or a slow rhythm or lead to you know, a very, very fatal rhythm that, that's called ventricular fibrillation or ventricular tachycardia. 
I'm not going to try to pronounce those things at the end. Just know that myocarditis, <laughs> what he was talking about, how serious is that it is. And there's, there's two big things to, to know coming off this. Number one is that you can see college football just like everything else. The return to play is breaking along political lines, right? The South and the lower Midwest are ready to play. Let's go back. We should play. Everything is safe. The West Coast is saying we're going to hang on a bit, and the upper Midwest saying we want to hang on a bit. Swing states like Michigan and Wisconsin and Ohio and Pennsylvania are leaning, but not for certain. You have many factions in the Big Ten that want to play. You have some in the factions of the Big Ten that don't want to play. Hence, you know, it's playing out exactly how it is politically. And, and that's where we're going to, to come along with this, because what I've seen, regardless of the, the, the political side you're on, right, this is, this is a true for, for both sides. If you are, hey, COVID-19, we can get past it, we should play, we should be doing our lives like normal, and they should be playing football. Or if it's, we should wait, we should be careful, we don't know a lot about this. There's one thing you can say for certain about both of these sides, Mike, and that is that I feel like no one has done the deep enough dive they're supposed to to figure out, okay, what can we do for college football to make the right decision? Because if you want to play, if you you say we're playing, if you're the SEC and the ACC, we want to play, we want to play, what what have we seen from them? They're just focused on we don't have any positive tests, we're doing it the right way, we're ready, we can keep playing. There's nothing on, well, what happens if you do get it and what could be the results of it if you wind up uh, uh, having COVID-19, you try to come back to early. Can myocarditis be something that affects you? And from the other side, you have the school saying, hey, we, we, we don't want to play. Well, wait a minute. If you don't have any positive tests, can you do it? If, if you do it the right way, you, we've, we've seen some schools saying, listen, we've had no positive COVID-19 tests for the past three weeks. Other schools are not doing it right, and, 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 that's, and that's part of it too. But hey, wait a minute. If you can see if you can do it right and, and not get positive COVID-19 tests, why can't you do it? It's no People are going as far as they can to support the opinion that they have. That if you want to play, you don't want to look into the fact that, that what, happen, what happens could really in, injure the players and keep them unhealthy and, and maybe kill some of them. And if you don't want to play, you don't want to look at the fact that, well, maybe we can reopen if you do it safe. Ah, I don't like it. This is where leadership in college football is such a mess because you need somebody to be able to say, this is the direction we're going, this is the direction we're taking. You don't have the true college football commissioner. You have conferences that are allowed to make their own decision. Well, we're going to play, we're not going to play. And then within conferences, you have the school presidents who are making their decision. Well, we could play or not play, and our school could play or not play. And, and this, is, this is not a system that can work. You know, I think that we talk about all oh, the NCAA needs to figure out a system better to make sure payers get, uh, players get paid and things get taken care of more. But this is where you clearly notice a lack of leadership in that who's really making decisions. There's nobody. It's okay. This is what we think. Well, this conference X thinks this. Conference Y thinks this. Within that conference, the school president thinks this. School presidents, think, and you are you are split on all levels. And there's no leadership to say this is how we're going to do it. This is the right way we should do it. They always say in times of stress, we look to our leaders, and you find out you know who's got strong leadership and who doesn't. And I look at this with college football, and I go, man, there is just no leadership anywhere to be found. Well, it's just a microcosm of everything else we face, isn't it? Uh, when you talk about federal versus states, right? See, you brought up politics. I'll go right there with you. Uh, is, you know, the things that you fight about saying, well, should states be handling things of their own accord? We live in California. How do you think it's going? 
I, you know, there's there's a lot to it uh, that as you go through state to state, different rates of infections, different ways of handling things. And, you know, the, the big thing is transparency. And that's what you're hoping for. Right. Is that as things are learned, that you have some level of communication, not only within the schools. Let's face it. What, what's a lot of the Big Ten stuff about? The players, the families that have committed to go to the schools, they're just like, can you just be straight with us and tell us what went into the decision making, right? Part of what the lawsuit and the fears and what I think got them back to the table, as many will dismiss it, is the the idea that, you know, there's stuff being said or back and forths uh, between the school heads that, that they may not want showing up in a, in a transcript and, and having to be discussed over the course of the next few months. And I, I think for each, each conference, you know, I, I don't know that you need and can have the college football czar that everybody looks to now and again, you know, thinking that that's going to be the easy answer. Every time they've put a committee or anybody in charge, it's failed miserably. Uh, and when we went to, all right, we'll schedule only conference games, you applauded it. Why? Because you didn't have to fight about rules. All right, we have our own rules. The schools have to follow them, and we move on. And just like in the larger world, you're, you're trying to figure out what works for your small town, mid-sized city, or large metropolis, you know, what works in, in the getting business and the work back in full effect and a lot of it comes down to risk assessment jason right even in this you say 30 35 percent all right give me some more details and data points of what we're talking about here not that you know myocarditis shouldn't be a you know a frightening hey you hear that uh and it it certainly raised your eyebrow because we heard about it about a month ago right the first Mm -hmm. couple of things with the big 10 but then it went away Okay, if that's if that's one of the main pressing reasons why you're uncertain and, and not willing to commit to the season right now, then you know what you should be doing? A full page run of here's our findings based on these athletes. You know, anecdotal evidence isn't going to be enough to sway folks when we're talking about a so much money involved, b the lives of these athletes, the good or the bad. Well, and that's the thing, is that why are we just hearing about this now, right? But I could also say, why hasn't the SEC talked about this with players who test well, positive for COVID-19? But that's, or but that's the other you question, don't know, Jason, right? right? And that's, right? But that, but Again, that's my transparency point, is that, and disclosure. Right. Well, look, and look, there's an ESPN story today that half the schools that they canvassed about their dealing with COVID-19 uh, declined to share data about the tests their programs have had to date. College football has been able to operate under a cloak of secrecy. And this is where I mean when leadership is, is, is starkly absent. Because look at all the other sports that are playing and have figured things out, right? The NBA, they're back, right? They have Adam Silver. They work things out. Awesome. Okay, great. Commissioner Adam Silver did it. Commissioner Gary Bettman, as bad a commissioner as he has been, he got it done. And look at the NHL playoffs are rolling through. No positive COVID tests. Everything is great. National Football League, Roger Goodell, agree or disagree. We are strong. We are going forward. This is how we're doing it. And the NFL is getting set to play. We haven't seen them play yet. But they're making all the progressions. Look at college football. 
Who's their commissioner? Who's their leader? Who's their – they don't have one. So this is why we are where we are, where there's no one to say, hey, let's have more info on myocarditis, or hey, let's look in this direction and see really how big a deal is it for athletes coming up right now. Because you can take the data and turn it into any argument you want to. But the, you see all the sports that are coming back and all the ones that look like we are, we are on a good pace right now and everything is working, and what's the biggest mess? College football. Why? Because they don't have leadership at the top. I mean, that, that, that's really what it is. One way or the other, there's got to be some kind of uniting force that says, this is where we're going. You can have people disagree, and you could have some schools that say, I don't like this, I don't like that, but you do it because this is how the sport's going to go forward as a whole. You have to be together on things, right? We talk about it in life all the time. Hey, we're all in this, in this together, no matter what you think, whatever side of whatever political aisle or what you believe in, you're on. We're all in it together. College football has yet to realize that we're all in this together, and there's no one to make them, to grab them by the lapels and say, we're all in this together. Let's figure it out. And this is why you have where we have right now. Half the schools are going to trying to postpone to the spring. Half the schools trying to play right now. And I guarantee you, with this report today about myocarditis being a big deal, there will be a report coming up later on today from somewhere that hey, there's no lasting effects of COVID nineteen depending on the severity of the of the case you get. And and that's going to be the push to that that schools who want to play say, look, we don't have any positive tests. Look at this report right here. I mean, that's just how it's going to go. You're going to be able to find the support you want to to support the the angle and the opinion that you have and that's what I mean by the fact that boy you really need you really need somebody to come in and say all right guys this is all a mess. these are all like little kids running around two kids want to be in the corner two kids want to be over here one kid is eating paint you, you can't have any yeah you got to have them all together sitting at a table trying to figure things out yeah it, it is a, a difficult proposition and it's always been that way right self-interest of States, self-interests of conferences as you go through. We go back to the Dana White at the beginning. Look, put his politics aside for those of you that want to get mad about him his speaking at the Republican National Convention, whatever else. From the straight sports perspective, he was an open book, or at least purported to be, saying, here's how we did this, here's our data and our procedures, go from there. College football, they don't even want you in the practices to see who's lining up anywhere. Right? With the pros, the most interesting thing to come out of hard knocks at this point has been, all right, what are whatever they've given us on protocols, no disrespect to the Chargers and Rams. There's no, you know, lightning rod story running with them. So it, it's the protocols, the Broncos and their sanitizing mist as they walk onto the field, all of those things. Those are curiosities. For college football, you're raising your hand going, all right, what do you guys got? And waiting for more information. And yes, I did my, I'm starting to do my little research on myocarditis. It says that you can, you know, it, with treatment and, and early detection, it goes away in three to six months or perhaps sooner with no lasting effects. But here we are in a new world order. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We said it last night on our show, the beginning of the show today. Giannis is the guy that's got to stay away from the television set and social media for at least 24 hours because he is getting internet and television murdered over the Bucks being down 0-2. Now, we have the officiating aspect of it, which we'll get into coming up in about 20 minutes, but he is getting absolutely crushed, and now it's paper MVP, 
playoff choker. Look, he misses two free throws with 40 seconds left. It could have been a different outcome of Game 2 against the Heat. He comes down and for some reason pushes Jimmy Butler as he's falling to the ground on the final play yesterday. Butler yeah. goes to the free throw line to hit the free throws. Now, was he fouled? No, of course not. But why would you put your hand on Jimmy Butler at all? I mean, that's just a stupid play by Giannis. Come down and stay away. You got called for the foul because you were dumb. Yes, yeah, yeah, that was just stupid, Giannis, so you're getting it. But wait a minute, I got back-to-back MVP. Yeah, no, sorry. You're also the defensive player of the year, but I'm calling the foul on you here. And, and he, is getting, he is getting crushed because what he has failed to do in the playoffs has been elevate his team to the next level. And when I watch Giannis play, and I see him play in this first round, what it, what's going on the first couple of games? Every time he goes into the, into the paint, there's three players there for him, and he's got to come back out. He has not found a way to be able to dish or open up the offense where other players can be dangerous. He has not found a way to elevate his team. He reminds me of Peyton Manning. All right, now, Peyton Manning throughout his career, you can say, oh, Peyton Manning had playoff failures. Peyton Manning had one level of excellence, right? He played and prepared for week six like he prepared for the AFC Championship game. And, and that's very admirable, and that's kind of what Giannis does. Giannis gives you the same, the same type of effort and preparation, big games in the regular season or in any random night in February that he does in the playoffs. But the issue is most of the other teams – all hit another level when they're in the postseason. And if you can't adjust to that, well, you're going to get beat half the time. Peyton Manning's overall playoff record was 12 and 13. It wasn't terrible. You know, it's not like he was 3 and 15. No, he was 12 and 13. Why? Because he had the one level of excellence. He was the same in week six he was in the AFC title game. And many times, because teams morph and do different things and hit a new level themselves, he couldn't adjust to it because he had the one level. And Giannis hasn't found that next level of, okay, okay, you're raising your game. This is what I need to do a little bit differently to be able to affect the game and impact the game and not just be someone that, hey, they're going to let me score 25 to 30 points and not let me really affect the game everywhere else. And look where you are. You're down 0-2 to the Miami Heat. Now, the, it, the Bucks are a bad matchup for the Heat, but still Giannis has to figure out that way of saying, okay, how do I raise my level in the playoffs because he's going to wind up being Peyton Manning if he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, look well, you brought up the stats uh, that anytime the the Manning goat thing happened, it was like, all right, look at the, uh, the playoff record and let's just go from there. Uh, considering a lot of those guys are now going into the Hall of Fame along, and he will too, right? But when we look at Giannis, you haven't elevated your game. Like Manning, while he was at full throttle, you know, it was consistent, right? With with Giannis. He, you don't have consistent mid or mid range game or three point shot. He's going to the basket, and as much as they're calling fouls on jump shooters, which we'll get into in a much bigger way, they're not calling fouls down low. So the path to the basket is stopped underneath. He's got nowhere to go. So you're giving it up to an inferior, you know, a contributor on your squad. Plus, if you're not going to be efficient at the foul line, you're not helping yourself. That, and they're not giving him superstar calls, as you talked about with the bogus fall on Jimmy Butler at the end. So, you know, <laughs> what do the referees think of him in this process? He is not elevated to that superstar status. And, you know, the crux of the argument is there. Chris Middleton, is he good enough to propel you to that next level? Big game last night, but there, there are a lot of games where he shrinks away. So the answer is probably no.
Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Greetings. Welcome inside Hour 2, the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith and Mike Harmon in for Doug today. And we got big stuff coming off of last night in the NBA coming up in a minute because if you told me after last night, hey, I think the NBA is fixed and fixed can have a couple of definitions, I wouldn't be able to disagree with you. So this is going to be a time for conspiracy theorists all across the country. Everybody uh, however, get that tinfoil from your lunch and bring yeah, you it to be- the table as we talk with you. Yeah, you got to dress like uh, a Joaquin Phoenix from Signs. You know, make sure you have there that you big go. thing on as you're watching television going, oh, I see it. Uh, but as you heard Isaac Lowenkron say a little bit ago, and, and we talked about it a bit in Guess Who, uh, the Patriots now officially have their starting quarterback for the 2020 season, and it is Cam Newton. Now, this is not surprising because reading the tea leaves and seeing how things are going and have been going in, in Foxborough, Newton has been the better quarterback. Jared Stidham has struggled. He also got hurt, and this is the way things were trending. Cam Newton was going to win the job, and he was going to be under center week one for the Patriots. Now, two things on this. The first is that this always goes to show you that whenever you want to read some kind of hype piece in the offseason, realize it's a hype piece. Because I want every single insider who said, you guys are crazy if you think Jared Stidham's not super-duper good, man. Because this, look look how great he is in the offseason. Belichick wouldn't do this if they couldn't go from, from Brady to somebody good. You're all sleeping on Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham's great. And you guys are all dumb. And now look what happened. Jared Stidham couldn't even make it to week one. He couldn't make it when he had the job and Cam Newton was sitting at home for months waiting for the next opportunity in the National Football League. So that just remember all that stuff in the offseason. Oh, Jared Stidham's great. This is all kinds of PR and spin and stuff that's put out there to make you believe a truth that's not out there. Because if Jared Stidham was good, Jared Stidham would be the quarterback. Well, and so now instead, it's no, Cam that's Newton. not necessarily true. He may still be good. You just have a former MVP that may actually be healthy and ready to play football again. Belichick right? is not going. Belichick's not. Belichick's not going to start a guy. Just oh well, we're, we're going to start him just because they wouldn't sign him if Jarrett Stidham was good. Why for would you what bring he was him out there for to if, play defense if, and to take a shot and kick the tires? Absolutely, if, you pay if, him that. And if no, he no, earns all of the incentives, not he earns if, all the incentives. No, not if Jarrett Stidham's good. You don't do it because you want a guy coming in, taking over for a legend to be able to have a smooth takeover, right? You don't bring in somebody who's going to be breathing fire down his neck. You want to create an atmosphere that's going to make him succeed. I get that Belichick always does things a different way, but he never brought in somebody to challenge Tom Brady. You know, as much as he wants, they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo with the plan of in a few years, the segue is going to go, but they never brought in someone to say, hey, this guy could beat out Tom Brady in the preseason. Right? You, want, you want your quarterback to be able to come in and say, all right, you just, you're in the highest profile gig you could possibly have. Let's make sure you succeed. And if you're good enough and you're that guy, then you're our guy. And then we're signing Brian Hoyer, and that's it. He's going to be our backup. They wouldn't have signed Cam Newton if Jared Stidham was really good. There's just no way they would have done that. Well, see, I think it's a different circumstance because TB12 is now in Tampa. So you have to have a blank U board as well. And Cam Newton coming in and, and knowing what Cam can be when he's 80 to 90% Cam, because let's face it, the way he plays, never 100% Cam, uh, even, even after a few months off. But, you know, other than, hey, let's have Stidham learn on the job because you're not throwing every, everything against the wall with him. Start one with Cam. You can, and he'll tuck and run and, and do all those cam-like things 
in theory, uh, that'll vanquish the Jets and the other people in the AFC East uh, to keep up with the Joneses. I mean, the, the Bradys of the world. Well, that's the other part of the conversation. Is Cam Newton still that guy? Just because you post a highlight on Twitter from when he was healthy in 2013 doesn't mean this is Cam Newton from 2020. Imagine Cam Newton making these plays for the Patriots. Cam Newton hasn't been good in years. He hasn't been healthy in years. He has seen his best days as quarterback in the National Football League. To think Cam, there's, I, I, I do not see Cam Newton coming in and being the Cam of all, anything even close to it, because just too much time has gone by, and he's not that guy. He's, it's all he can do to stay healthy. He has, still hasn't faced any defenses because of the way COVID-19 is. There's no preseason games. There's no uh, control, scrimmages against other teams. There's nothing. And so now he's got to hit the ground running in this new format on offense that he's something he's not used to, and to think he's suddenly going to be the old Cam Newton just because – I mean, that, that, that seems to be the reason that, that people are throwing out there that Cam Newton's going to be great. Well, he used to be great. You know, lots of guys used to be great. Yeah, no, and then as they get older and get hurt, and, and they can't do it anymore. Cam Newton's got a short prime because of his style of play. As sure. great as he was, you know he's going to break down faster. He's a bigger player. Bigger players break down faster. Bigger quarterbacks break down faster. And clearly that's what we've seen from Cam. I, I'm not buying that suddenly he's going to be, oh, he's the Cam of the MVPs, Cam of 2015, just because he's now healthy and he's back. He hasn't been really good in a while. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm certainly not saying he, he reclaims that throne. Uh, that's Captain Cam Newton to you, by the way. Those The captains just got announced. So, you know, you, you put some respect on the name. There uh, is one but, captain, Captain Andrew Luck. That's the only captain. No, he retired. That Though he's still a captain. You still keep your rank when you retire. Okay. This I think true. that's how they do it in the no, military. That is I think true. you keep your rank. That, that is true. All right, yeah. and he keeps the Twitter account. All right, so we have that for posterity. Well, that's the most important but, thing is keeping no, the Twitter absolutely. account. No, absolutely. There's no yeah. question. Uh, we'll see if uh, Captain uh, Philip Rivers or Admiral <laughs> or whatever rank uh, he, he aspires to comes into play. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that it's it's 100%. It's just a, all right, Let's. what do we have now? Because this is a far from perfect roster too, right? I got excited Doing a, doing a little bit of, of, of talking yesterday afternoon before Leonard Fournette ended up down in Tampa that there was a rumor that maybe he became the latest, greatest reclamation project in New England. Now, he motivated Fournette, not that Bill Belichick could be trusted for fantasy purposes, but say he's a 1,000-yard back and you've got James White catching the ball out of the backfield with Cam Newton under center. I would have liked to see that come to fruition alas it did not uh but jury's still out on what jared stidham is at least he'll stay on the roster down in miami staying in division josh rosen might get traded by the end of the week so you know (laughs) by the end of the day he could get traded yeah no exactly madness (laughs) once again so look we'll we'll see what happens but cam newton good on him good to see him on on the comeback trail and uh even 80 percent look cam's interesting now and I'm, I'm not just talking because he and i share a strong hat game yes he does have a str- the hat him. game in new england will be a lot better I, I do agree there yeah i mean tom would rock a jaunty hat now and again no but, but cam's, cam's hats are next style. level no that's i it. mean yeah yeah i mean they should allow him to wear a a hat inspired helmet like he shouldn't have to wear a patriots helmet he oh, can be I able to wear that. a helmet Different one every week inspired by his hat choices. I tell you what, those wide-brim fedoras are something special, man. They, oh, you can make a helmet like that, like a wide-brim fedora helmet? I think well, you can do that. Well, it allows for the uh, social distancing if you make it wide enough. Yeah. 
Oh, see, I got to write that down. And it subscribes to social distancing. Hang on. Wide brim fedora helmet. All right. Call that and if you, Roger. If you build a little Goodell. reservoir in there, you can store nacho cheese <laughs> like your Homer. Fox Sports Radio, Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, in for Doug Gottlieb. Uh, Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief works fast and you won't stink. It's pharmacist recommended, odor-free pain relief for muscle pain, backache, strains, sprains, even arthritis. There's no stinging or burning involved. It's simple pain relief. Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief works fast and you won't stink. Because let's face it, no one wants to stink. Now, speaking of stink, hey, let's talk about the NBA officiating from last night. Oh, yeah. Uh, Look, yesterday was an over-the-top, insane day when it comes to the refereeing of the two NBA games. You thought we saw a lot with Milwaukee and the Miami Heat. Two incredibly horrendous foul calls at the end of regulation, uh, one that sends Chris Middleton to the line for three free throws to tie it, and one that sends Jimmy Buckets to the free throw line with two free throws to win it on the following possession. Goran Dragic did not foul Chris Middleton. He stood. He stood straight up. He did everything you're supposed to. Middleton fell into him. I'm not buying the NBA's reasoning to bail out the officials of, well, he didn't give him a place to land. No, he's standing, and he's standing straight up. So you can't tell me, no, I don't have a place to land. That's a load of crap. It was also a load of crap, the foul on Jimmy Butler. It was, it was ridiculous for Giannis to come down and put a hand on Jimmy Butler because you know Butler's going to flop because the officials, some of them at least realize, okay, we, we really blew it on that last possession by, by sending Middleton to the line. That was a bad call. So you know a makeup call is coming if at all possibly you can do it. And this is what, what gets me for Giannis is that he didn't foul Jimmy Butler, but you know Butler's going to try to fall down, and he puts his hand on him and pushes him. What are you doing? I mean, I get what Giannis is doing. He was trying to, oh, I'm going to put my hand on you and move so I don't fall over you. Don't put your hand out. That's just dumb. You have to know if you're a superstar like Giannis, they just made a really questionable call. I get it. We shouldn't have been at the free throw line. Now we are. I, I got to back away. I can't get too close to Jimmy Butler when it comes to this shot. And what does he wind up doing? Puts his hand on him, which allows the referee to blow the whistle and send Jimmy Butler to the free throw line to make two free throws. A makeup call if ever there was one in the NBA. And this is kind of how uh, all of our youth sports games are, are officiated. Listen, I missed that one. Don't <laughs> worry. I'm going to give you one later on. Don't worry about it. And then you had last night following Oklahoma City's loss to Houston, in which Chris Paul talked about Scott Foster officiating that game, and he thinks I'm going to get fined because he called out Scott Foster for giving him a lot of attitude on a delay of game for tying his shoes. He also said Foster went on to remind him, I refed your game seven against the Spurs back when you were with the Hornets when you lost. So here suddenly now you have two really bad calls, and, and one of them's a makeup call, and now you have Chris Paul, one of the most respected NBA players that we've seen, say Scott Foster, who's also a very controversial referee, saying these things to him during the game, giving him attitude about a play, and reminding him, I refereed Game 7 in which you lost and went home. If someone had just come down from a different planet, and you just explained basketball to them yesterday, and I... I I told them about these plays. They would say to me, is the NBA fixed? And I would say, you know what? I can't say no. I, I can't say. And fixed is, is, is different reasons. It's not always it's fixed for gambling. It's fixed for television. Although surely, hey, you know, boy, Giannis was the guy who was the beneficiary of all those calls yesterday. Wasn't the Miami Heat. Wasn't Jimmy Butler. It was Giannis, your two-time MVP and your defensive player of the year who you put out there as your new big star who was potentially looking at going home being down two zip. So there's that part of it. But there's also the fixed angle of it being 
referees who decide for one reason or another, whatever grudges they have against players, whatever they have, I'll officiate the game that way. And that's a way of fixing the game too. You're not just fixing a game doesn't mean that you're fixing it for monetary gain for somebody or you're fixing it for, hey, we got to keep the bucks in the playoffs. Although clearly that's that's one of the reasons you can look at it. But sometimes it's, hey, this official just really doesn't like us. And players talk about it all the time. We don't like it when so and so is officiating us. He does X, Y, and Z. Look at the look at the records. Look at what's happened to us when these, this guy officiates our game. Maybe he doesn't like our superstar player. Maybe he doesn't like the way we play the game. But this is out there, and that's a way of fixing things. So if you told me, hey, is the NBA, I couldn't say no. Not at, not after those 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 three different occurrences in the span of last night. I couldn't say that. Yeah, NBA is completely uh, it, it's impartial. It is done in a way in which it stops teams from getting advantages. Clearly, that's not the case. Well, it's funny because with no home court advantage, or at least, you know, that's what we talk about here. Uh, Roger Goodell has his own thoughts as to how that works in the NFL or doesn't. Uh, You normally can see guys get caught up in the emotion of the moment because of the crowd, the surge, right? You see it in big college spurts, right? A big comeback or uh, a, a big lead that gets extended and the crowd's on their feet losing their minds and all of a sudden the guy that steps in, no, that's not a block, that's a charge. Yeah! And you, and you get suckered in, right? Because now they're Enrico Palazzo out there doing the histrionics for the crowd. Uh, last night, the, the Middleton play just I watch it a hundred times. Like if, if the guy's got to be vertical defensively, then how about the offensive player can't jump into him and draw contact and get the foul. So you have that. Yeah. The, the Giannis foul showed nah, not superstar just yet. Uh, and Jimmy Butler was fading because he wanted a, a glory shot, right? Cause if that goes down, he's on his back. He can pump his fists, all that stuff. And, and away we go. Uh, instead, Giannis puts his hand on him and, and just, just bad the and just so many things the chris paul is is a novel with with all he had to say and you can go back in his career a number of times never mind the fact that both he and harden were absolutely atrocious down the step except for defensive player of the year uh james harden and his one big play but the the officials ruined what was otherwise a a a great day of basketball two hotly contested games and then you're having timeout and let's go to the scorers table again and let's go to the scorers table again and let's confer over here and then we'll walk back over to the scorers table where we can tell them what's going on and half the time it didn't seem like they were they had any clue what they wanted to call until they got another look at it it's like did you see that nah maybe maybe not i you talk about nfl replay going long Yesterday was just atrocious. I kept waiting to say, how can I hit the fast-forward button and get through these uh, pauses? (laughs) Well, you know, you just gave me a great idea of how to make money for the NBA, right? With all these, and we're having these now at the end of games. Why aren't visits to the scorer's table sponsored? Oh, they have to. They should be, absolutely. Why why don't you have that? And they'll visit the scorer's table uh, brought to you by Valvoline. And the army, be all that you can be. Well, I mean, why, why can't you have you know check your yeah. uh, you know credit scorecard? Come on. Oh yes. Oh yeah. And you run check, that little while we check out with yeah. the scorers table. You check your yep. score now. I mean, come on. Oh, it you... writes itself. And you and, and you still show the video of the uh, officials looking at the at the scorers table with like the half commercial like they're doing now. Here comes the half, and and you see the commercial of, of checking your credit score. Or, you, you know, go. the general comes in with Shaq or whatever, and then they, you know, it, it just it just wipes back <laughs> out. General's and it's insurance, like, baby. There Come you on. go. Oh, the general's insurance. 
Yeah. See, I didn't even know what the general was about. I've seen those commercials a thousand times. I have no idea. I you always thought have a pay- you were just uh, enamored with the, no. the the general. It would appear. <laughs> no, because you know what? Don't the general commercials look like some local uh, commercial somewhere? I mean, these are national commercials, like you would see for Coca Cola or Pepsi or a car yes. commercial. Yeah, and no, I watch they- it and I go. This, this looks like a local commercial. Like at the end, he's going to say, come on down and get the general's discount at Bob's Used Wheels. I, I, I see the general commercials and I go, oh, that's really just put together really, really low style. Yeah, see, I, th- I think the, the, the ad campaigns are, are like tributes to the old Chicago ones that I grew up watching. <laughs> uh, shout out to, you know, two legends in, in the auto dealer uh, capacity max madsen and bob rorman in chicago passed away and they were competing in, in their commercials they'd always sing but you also <laughs> had that and you had eagle man insurance go ahead and look you look that up eagle insurance uh but yes they they definitely have those feels to them and shaq's not above clowning along with it so it works so well fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Doug today. Kind of a throwback to last night when you and I somehow got on a topic with Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times, NBA Insider, of what the best Roxette songs were. We actually put out a list last night, and here we are. We're getting more Roxette today, Mike Harmon. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, Dan Meyer <laughs> chimed in. He added one for your list. He said you, you didn't make it complete. So, you know, if you have your favorite rock set songs, please add How About a Fresca, add Swollen Dome. We'll add them to the list. Uh, and, you know, at some point we're just going to start ranking stuff just for yes. the sake of ranking stuff. Uh, dangerous, Fading Like a Flower, Listen to Your Heart. Yes, all of these, the best of Roxette. Uh, with the NBA playoffs getting even more interesting with every passing game, I don't know how we're going to top the drama of last night of James <laughs> Harden and Chris Paul and the NBA officials. I'm looking forward to it tonight. Joining us now on the hotline to break it all down, our teammate here at Fox Sports Radio, 10 years in the NBA, and I guarantee you he is wearing an outfit right now that cost him less than $25. It is Ryan Hollins. What's happening, big dog? Hey, what's going on, guys? What up? Are you you cheaping out your outfit? Is it now? Now go go through your outfit now, because you always like to cheap out and show me how your outfit is 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 little money. What do you got? What are you wearing? I'm twenty dollars in the game right now. You twice twenty dollars <laughs> in the game. Okay. Free shipping. Yeah, I'm twenty dollars in the game, bud. Entire <laughs> outfit is twenty dollars. Proudly. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's not even sure it got to that level. There you go. Uh, I'll tell you what. So, you know, look, this is how I knew, you know, that, that Ryan and I were always going to be friends and get along is that certain, certain guys love being able to say, you know how much this shirt was? This shirt was $3, man, and I've been wearing it for three years. And you wear that like it's a badge. You got, That's right. There I've had that, this shirt yeah. for three years, man. It is awesome. I knew we were on the same wavelength. You, you <laughs> haven't worn a pair of underwear until they get some holes in it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan wearing his special UCLA issued underwear from uh, 2003 that he still got on. Uh, hey, so 
let, let's kick things off here. You know, we, we, watch, we start with the officiating from yesterday. We had three separate instances. We had the foul call on, uh, on Goran Dragic. We had the foul call on Giannis. And we had Chris Paul last night talking about the back and forth he had with Scott Foster, who he says, I'm going to get fined for telling these stories about Scott Foster. Foster reminded him that he officiated a game, uh, game seven when the Hornets got knocked out of the playoffs against the San Antonio Spurs 12 years ago. Said he gave him a lot of flack for delay of game for tying his shoes. Ryan, when I, when I see this and I, I go, this is the highest profile point of the NBA season, and we still see parts where here are some players that don't trust the officiating, and you see calls like Dragic and Giannis make you scratch your head and go, well, I don't understand what the officials are looking at. Well, when you look at uh, the case in Milwaukee and uh, in, in, um, in Miami, that was a tough game. Any time that the game ends in a point where there's all zeros on the clock and there's a foul call, a, a walk-off, I guess you'd say. I didn't even know we could have those in the NBA. Uh, that's disappointing. You want to see the players decide the game. Um, but at the same time, every player on every team that I've ever been on, I've played for nine different organizations, at the end of the game we go screaming for a foul. Well, guess what? You finally got rewarded with the foul call. <laughs> okay, so that that happened. Now, in terms of the Houston Rockets and Chris Paul, and listen, there's an intriguing, there's some intrigue there between Scott Foster and Chris Paul. And I know we don't want to mention the referees, but there's, there's probably a little more history there. I don't know if Scott was biased. You know what? I'm going to jump on Scott Foster's side this time. Do you have any idea, any idea, how hard it was to referee Chris Paul and James Harden and Dennis Schroeder and Russell Westbrook in that series? Are you kidding me? Do you have, like, no, seriously, from our, let's, let's put our empathy hat on. These guys, I watched a possession where I watched five flops in a row. Literally, right. from, from both teams. And then you're playing small ball. Steven Adams has probably been fouled every single time he's touched the basketball. Listen, the referees couldn't catch everything. And James Harden and Chris Paul, Chris who I played with, are two of the biggest abusers when it comes to referees. And listen, the end of the clock, he just ran into Robert Covington, chucked his head back. Well, Chris, we're we're waiting to see. And I don't like to call for fines on guys, but like I'm talking about some warnings. I mean, all of them, every single party was a guilty party. And I know if you're not cheating, you're not trying. It's a game seven, guys. Forget the fines. Go win the game. But I'm going to give some empathy here. And I'm going to say, hey, man, Rockets played their hearts out. OKC played their hearts out and overachieved this season. But don't put it on the referees, man, because you, you, you pulled air. Chris pulled everything out of his hat, man. You know, you start getting older, man, and you, you're doing anything you can do to, to win those games. Oh, and we certainly watched that from pillar to post. Uh, switching to Heat and Bucks, Giannis gets the, the foul call there. I mean, Jimmy Butler was going for style points, right? There's the dagger. Oh, no, I missed the shot. But, hey, he's fouled. Uh, but at this point, I asked the simpler question. Ready? What is Giannis? <laughs> Giannis is intriguing. Uh, and I say intriguing because we saw the flare-up of Scottie Pippen going, he's not me, he's a two-time MVP. Well, guess what? He's not a Michael Jordan. He's not a Batman. You're seeing it right now. They're putting the ball in his hands for two years in a row, and Giannis can't dunk his way to a championship. 
And everybody thought I was crazy when I said that Giannis was overrated. Now, saying that he's overrated was not me saying that Giannis wasn't a good basketball player, that he wasn't an MVP, that he wasn't a generational talent. It's just that Giannis is not LeBron James. Giannis isn't Michael Jordan. That's all, that is with all due respect. I, I, and I say this as a guy who was, was holding on in a, a, a role player for his career at best. But Giannis is not in that category. And when you're going to look at what, what he's been able to do, he's struggling right now to lead a team because everything is to the rim, 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 rim. And now you have a deeper appreciation for guys like LeBron James, guys like Michael George, guys like Kobe Bryant. So when you're quick to anoint a guy without having him see him prove himself in those circumstances, you got to go out and you got to understand why and what's happening. So, Listen, Giannis is more of a Scottie Pippen. He's a better player than a Scottie Pippen. But ultimately, he's not. Giannis is not the guy. And that's not a knock to Giannis. Nowhere near in that is a knock to Giannis after the Kupo. It just means he's not. he's got some groin to do. And Giannis, honest to God, he may never have a jump shot. He may never, just may not work. He may be an improved shooter, something he can do, but it just might not. It may not work out. Ryan Hollins with us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Doug. Now, to take it off the court now with Giannis, who's trying to figure things out against my Miami Heat. Remember, I picked them to go to the NBA Finals. So <laughs> my Miami Heat. My Heat. My Heat. Uh, Steve Nash gets the head coaching job with the Brooklyn Nets today. And look, I like Steve Nash. I think Steve Nash could be a really good head coach in the NBA, but... You take a guy with no experience and say, okay, you go coach KD and Kyrie Irving when you've never been through the wars as a head coach and these are guys that have achieved and done things that are unpredictable. This was, this was more of a risk to me than it was, boy, Steve Nash is the right guy to go in there. Where are you on this, Ryan? Man, uh, what's pretty cool is Brooklyn, I don't want to say made this same mistake. That would be a poor word, but we saw a similar <laughs> hire. And I have Paul, I have Paul Pierce. On the, the uh, on our podcast today, the opinionated seven footers, myself and Brendan Haywood, and you know he didn't really dive into it, but he said the biggest struggle is how are these guys going to listen to each other? Because I asked Paul, the reason I asked Paul is because Jason Kidd, former great point guard, floor general, high IQ, Jason Kidd knew he had some learning to do about being an NBA head coach. And he was cast into a similar opportunity that didn't work out with a team that was on par to winning a championship. I'm not blaming Jason Kidd for them not winning a championship, but, you know, Jason Kidd had to take his lumps as a head coach because he was never an assistant first. So I sit back and I wonder and I say, are we going to have to look back at this and say that Kevin Durant got his LeBron James on where he got to choose his guy Mm -hmm. because he's that important to the – the organization, and probably possibly ran it into the ground. But guess what? Kevin Durant, I don't have any problem with him making these choices. But I think, and I know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were needing a Ty Lue or a Mark Jackson, someone who could tell them when to, hey, man, play some defense. Hey, you know, take better shots. Hey, pass the darn basketball every once in a while. You need a coach that's willing to deliver the tough messages. And I'm not saying that. Nash can't do it. I mean, Steve Kerr was able to do it uh, with the Warriors, but I think this is a different product, and the Warriors were a lot more ready-made than we gave them credit for. 
Well, it looks like Ty Lue is going to be the guy in Philly, or at least that was the report earlier. We'll see if that comes to fruition. With Mark Jackson, Ryan, I got to wonder, on a broadcast, did he say something about KD's social media work and burner accounts? Because that's going to keep you from getting that job, you know. <laughs> hey, man, when it, when it comes to KD's, Katie's burner, man. I, I listen. I I don't know what the deal was, but I, I, listen. We listen. We're going to have to credit. We're going to have to credit. Uh, Mark. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Steve Nash, because Steve Nash was behind those Warrior championships, mm-hmm. behind the scenes in a lot of scenarios. So I know you don't always see his name. It wasn't always as popular, but Steve Nash has been working behind the scenes in the NBA for some time. Now, in, in, in closing here, Ryan, I, I got I to take issue with something here. Now, your seven-footers podcast that you did today, you had Paul Pierce on. Not he is only 6'7". Paul is on- allowed on the podcast, guys. Uh, Paul, we let, we let the 6'8 guy on, man. We, 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 we broke code. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> you can't did, call did you the seven-footers it? podcast if you're going to do that. you got to gotta be seven foot or more. <laughs> hey man, we 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 slipped them in, man. It's the truth, for God's sake, man. It's all fair. Uh, hey, put him in big boots, you, Jason. Yeah, and after what you just said about Giannis, I'll I'll I'll, I'll tweet that and say, hey, come on the Seven Footers podcast with Ryan Hollins, and it'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter at the Ryan Hollins. That is at the Ryan Hollins. Info there as well. The Seven Footers podcast. Uh, big dog as always, man. Appreciate it. Have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, guys. Talk to you soon. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.